The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. What if you were to lose your mother to death, only to discover that she was not only still with you, but telling you truths from the other side? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today is Francis Key, the author of a series of books titled The Team, A Mother's Wisdom from the Other Side. The material for these three books flooded her consciousness beginning 19 days after her mother's death in 2010. The result was book one's release just three months later. The book circulated very quickly and in June 2012 was uh, featured on the website of James von Prague. A fourth book will be released next year. The books are a direct expression of Frances' mother, Teddy Key, and her team from the other side, who emphasize the concept that we are all members of spiritual teams who have come to Earth from the for the f- f- fulfillment of specific missions. The books describe aspects of the afterlife and essential insights for personal and collective spiritual evolution. Their primary message is you are not alone, you are not even functioning as one being, nobody is, for you are a member of a team, a spiritual team, as close to you as breathing. Frances considered her mother to be her spiritual teacher all throughout her life, and while she had hoped to contact, uh, contact, uh, she'd hoped for contact after death, she was stunned at the intensity and clarity of the communication they shared. She often feels she traveled with her mother part of the way to the other side to receive the impressions that she did. Understandably, her perception of physical life has never been the same since. Francis, welcome to NDE Radio. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here, and I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion. Uh, perhaps you could begin, Francis, by telling us about your mom and, and how she came to contact you after her death. Okay, well, as you described, uh, my mother was always my spiritual teacher. Uh, in a very young age, she recognized in me a an authentic spiritual yearning, and she took me to explore different religions. She encouraged uh, my natural writing ability and my love of uh, classical music. And when spiritual experiences began at a very young age for me, and she was there to explain them and to help me. Um, at age 10, I, did, I was doing automatic writing. And uh, after that, I became a little bit leery of it all and sort of distanced myself. But my mother really walked by my side throughout all these experiences I had. So after when I when I cared for her during her death she died at uh, age 86 of cancer and for 20 months the family and I we took care of her she died at home um I was so focused on her condition that I didn't give it a great deal of thought but in my heart I always felt that we would remain connected because I certainly had this mindset that uh, we're much more than the physical body but uh, I never uh, could have imagined, <laughs> 19 days after she died, uh, I was on an airplane to go to New York to see my two daughters that lived there. And 
I looked out the window and just posed a question in my mind, really, sort of through tears, you know, looking out the beautiful clouds and just just asking, Mom, what is distance like for you? And truly, I heard her voice, clear and unmistakably hers. She was from Australia and had this beautiful accent. And I, I guess you could compare hearing her voice to sort of like when you have a, a song in your head and you can hear all the orchestration, you can hear the backup singers, you can hear all all the, you know, the every in, intricacy of the of the song in your head. You know, where is that in your head? Where is that? I could hear her voice as if she were talking to me, next to me. And she answered my question about distance, which is in the book, uh, but rather lengthy, so I won't go into it right now. But okay, <laughs> she uh, it it for a while on this hour and a half plane ride, it was just this constant flow of conversation, and I really felt like I was, it was going to be a personal experience. I even talked to her some about my life, about my regrets, um, apologies I felt that needed to be made. Uh, many things of that nature. I, it didn't occur to me that when I got off the plane, this was going to continue in great intensity for close to a year. Um, now, the, f- the first flood was about three weeks of this uh, awareness of her voice. And then after that, it became more of a um, uh, not as common event, but more of an instant downloading as if as if somebody could put the plot and characters of an entire movie into your head in one second, and you knew the beginning, the middle, and the end. I would have these experiences of, of intense information that just would be inserted into my mind, uh, mm. resulting in very lengthy and quite complex uh, books. Uh, like you said, there will be a fourth next year, and to my understanding, that, that will be the final book of this, of this uh, outreach of this team. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned, I, th- um, I think, about um, the sense that you had in partly traveled with her, um, a shared experience of the other side um, when she died. And um, I know that uh, there is uh, Raymond Moody and others are doing research on that sort of a companion uh, vision uh, right now. In fact, I'm hoping they'll be talking about it at the conference in California. So... Um, could you tell us a little more about that? What what yes. sense you have of that? Well, um, it's very exciting for me to hear you say that because after this happened, I began to to look for other people and things online that may have experienced this, and it was very hard to find except by hearing NDEs. And I, I would often wonder, well, does anyone have an NDE in a sense that didn't die? But I never, never heard that addressed until recently. I did hear someone, and I wish I had written the name down and brought it with me. It was a, pro- a professor um, who teaches at several universities, and he spoke of how, in his research, he has encountered people who have had experiences that sound like NDEs but did not involve death, that involved another person's death or involved trauma or uh, simply spontaneous uh, revelation of some kind. 
And that was comforting to me because I've felt a little bit like a loner out here with um, with this experience. Um, but okay, but back to what you were saying. The the feeling at the moment of my mother's death, I didn't know what it was at the time, but ne- looking back, I realized that I felt like something exchanged. I felt like a part of her, almost like her spiritual DNA stayed with me, and that a part of my spiritual DNA, for lack of better words, went with her. Mm. And follow, right after her death, I, I, I was very exhausted and rather numb and, and sad, uh, as people are after such things. But um, I noticed right away, I truly felt so incredibly different in my own uh, skin, in a sense. I really didn't feel like myself anymore. And then when this began, instead, 19 days later, instead of having this grief and exhaustion and so forth, what I had was unbelievable energy, no need to eat or sleep, hardly at all, all the pain in my neck and back and things that had bothered me throughout my life vanished. I was extremely healthy, very healed, uh, very useful in my, uh, in my psyche and body. And some things I had struggled with in my own character um, were gone. So I had a very spontaneous uh, healing Mm-hmm. through this experience, uh, an incredible uh, level of energy. Now, that has faded uh, through the years. It's been almost four years now, and uh, some of the pain has returned. Um, it, but but it, it, it doesn't matter. It has completely transformed my being from the inside out. And so I can only say that Whatever happened between us, it it felt to me like I went somewhere else. When when I was having these downloads, when I was writing day and night, I I, I felt I told someone once that I felt like I could take a step, and I would just step through the veil. I felt so incredibly close to this extremely high energy uh, dimension. Mm. So in in dying, she gave you. She managed to give you a real gift, didn't she? Yes, she did. And she describes in book one that um, upon our death, we have um, we have an accumulation, if you want to call it, of uh, vibrational sort of a uh, deposits that we've made. <laughs> she compares it to a bank. Um, it's our wellspring, mm. and we're allowed to decide what to do with it. Now, my mother was an incredibly charitable, beautiful soul. She worked with runaway uh, in a runaway shelter. Her entire life was humanitarian outreach. She was uh, anyone that ever knew her and knew her well can barely put into words the level of unconditional love, forgiveness, and so forth that she manifested. So she had a lot of lot in her wellspring. And 
she said she was permitted to, you can carry it on with you, you mm-hmm. can turn around and pour it back out. And that's what she did. She poured it back out in, uh, in not to me personally as much as in the form of these books, mm-hmm. in the form of a, a final outreach to humanity. And because I had been, as a child, receptive uh, at a very young age and doing automatic writing and and just very aware of these things, and because I had uh, writing skills, I think I was a, you know, I was the vessel that she was able to use at the time. And And it wasn't just her. Book one really, really sounds like my mother. People say that that knew her and read the books. The, the subsequent books, uh, you can sense a multitude of teammates um, dictating the material. Some of it's more scientific, scientific some of it is more uh, physical, uh, more about nature. Um, it, it's just a big variety of topics and styles, styles of writing, really. Perhaps uh, uh, this would be a good point to get into the whole concept of team that your mother was trying to communicate to you, and uh, what that what's that about? Well, as you said, you quoted Book One. You are not alone. You're not even functioning as one person. Nobody is, for you are a member of a team. Um, we we I've come to see that we are looking at our existence here upside down, which is normal because we came here to do that, to experience this other kind of perception. But the truth is only a, only a, a part of our nature really comes into the physical form. I mean, Lee Whitting is a vast being and part of you has come to experience the earth life, it's sort of like you put your toe in the water or maybe your arm or your foot. Um, mm-hmm. you, 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 we bring in a part of ourselves that we want to develop that most needs the experiences that the earth has to offer so we may develop that aspect of ourselves. But there are many other aspects to our nature. And that greater aspect of ourselves remains on the other side with our team. So... We are constantly being infused with guidance and information and inspiration and support. And at the same time, we're feeding back to our team our impressions, our lessons, and things of this nature. Everything we learn, every little bit of growth that we uh, managed to make while we're here is shared by the team. It's all reciprocal. Uh, we, we do not have to do everything on our, by ourselves. We don't have to learn every lesson, uh, life after life after life, alone. Um, in fact, she says, yes, there is a form of reincarnation, but people are too focused on that. You have one life. You simply live it in many different forms and in, many, in diff- different dimensions. But you think of yourself as one life and one being. And don't get so hung up on the you know, this life and this life. and Any more than we do that today is Monday and tomorrow is Tuesday. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a week. It's a life. Think of yourself as one life. So 
Now, who who are our teammates? Are they angels? Are they family members? Uh, are, are they human beings who've passed on? What what is the team itself? Well, we have well, and this is part of the upside down perspective. The only way that we have a relationship with anybody on the earth is because this greater aspect of ourselves has a relationship on the other side. You cannot have a relationship with a spouse. You will never meet that person or interact with that person unless the greater parts of you are already connected on the other side. It's not from the ground up. It's from the up down to the ground. And so a lot of our 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 fears about losing loved ones when they pass is it, we have we are forgetting that the only reason we were connected on the earth is because we have this relationship at a higher level and it filtered down to the earth even now you and i speaking we this is a reflection of something that we are doing together on the other side so in answer to your question about who are our teammates, our, our teammates are uh, beings similar to us who are working from the same vibrational sphere. And you can just think of it as a meeting hall, that there's a certain mission to accomplish and that these teammates come together and you are dearly loved by one another as if as if you would be if you were working with a, a team of close loved ones here on Earth on a wonderful project. Mm. So, yes, they may come in as family members. They may come in as uh, instigators in your life to try to help you overcome something that you're trying to learn in this life. They may come in as parents. They may come in as what you might call an enemy. Um, it was given an example to me that presidential candidates may may run on opposite sides here on earth to give people the experience of the contrasting views, but on the other side they're working together um, as teammates. So you can't just go through your life, you know, looking for the, uh, I, I think this one's my teammate and this one's not my teammate. But I would say that they are people who, you encounter, and they are being souls in bodies that you encounter, who are there to uh, help help us wake up hmm. and complete there our are, mission. There are, of course, many dysfunctional families. I mean, you had a, a, an incredibly special relationship with your mother, but some folks out there have nothing but antagonism and and anger and and frustration in, in their family relationships. So. Are you saying that um, the supporting team members do this to you in order to teach you something, or does that indicate that they aren't actually part of your team? Well, I don't think I personally have a way to define for anybody else who are their teammates. But all through these books, uh, it's pointed out that Difficult situations with people who have who who we feel have brought us pain is often uh, someone in our midst who we have that we wish to encounter so that we can practice 
what we need to learn in that situation. As hard to accept as that is, and believe me, it's hard for me to accept at times. Um, I did have an incredible relationship with my mother, but I I, I didn't with other people in my family, and I didn't with uh, many other people I've encountered in, in life. You know, there, there have been many painful experiences in my life. But as it's explained in Book 4, when we leave this earth, we do not retain any pain or anger or hurt. We are like miners sifting through the mud to find the gold. And we take the gold back with us to share with our team, to share the wealth of wisdom with our team. We do not retain anything that is connected to the physical, emotional, or mental bodies. They are tools temporarily while we're here. Well, if that's the case, then how have we learned a permanent lesson if we don't recall the suffering that we went through or the suffering we inflicted on others, how, how is it integrated into our um, spiritual selves so that it, it makes a, you know, a, la- a, a learning experience that, that, that we keep with us after we die? Well, she did describe that we do review our life, that we do experience immediately after leaving the body that we do experience what our life consisted of and how others felt as a result of our actions and thoughts and how it fits in with the big, big, big picture of all our lives, our entire life as it extends through time, linear time on earth anyway. Yes. We see how it all fits together, but we don't linger in that. We don't, what we take is the gold. We, we take the gold out of the mud and it may be a small amount, it may be a large amount, and we move on. But it isn't that we aren't aware at all, but we don't, we don't have to stay in that. Now, what the life review, as I understand it, is very different for, for different people. And I have no doubt that if we have inflicted horrific things to others, experiencing and understanding those horrific things um, in comparison with the incredible light and love and beauty that we are aware of around us and that that we are destined to be, uh, to rise up and meet, would cause a phase of suffering, a phase of sadness as we looked at that. Mm. I mean, I've heard from the NDEs, I've, I've heard people say they review their life and, and they, they're they uh, assisted by other beings not to, be, uh, not to be too hard on themselves. They're completely filled with forgiveness and things like that. Um, but having gone through that experience, I just don't know, you know, how that would be for each individual. Let me try one more. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) One more, uh, let's call it an an analogy to to the team situation. St. Paul said we're already seated in the heavenlies. And that has always conjured up for me an image of our uh, 
bodies on Earth, our beings on Earth, being somewhat like avatars in a computer game. And when you when you talk about the team up there, it's almost like they are uh, competing or they're aiding in a in a mutual game that we're that they're playing that we're a part of, uh, and we're the we're just the character that they're manipulating from from on high. Does that does that sound at all like what you're talking about? Well, I I don't. No, I can't agree with that because we aren't manipulated. We are all that the, the boots on the ground and the ones in the lookout towers. No one is manipulating the other. However, uh, some have a wider view from the lookout tower, and those boots on the ground can receive information and enlighten their their path if if they're willing. You know, we we're completely endowed with free will. I mean, we we experience this every day, the choice to speak to one another today or to not. I mean, that's as simple as an example as you can get, but we are beings of free will. And to the degree that we work with our team, our beloved team, I call them our beloved team, they're they're, uh, people, they're beings of like mind, they're beings of like mission. And uh, being open to them, I, they, I think the reason my mother's voice came through was because I, I was leery of all this kind of thing, but I was able to trust when I heard her. And then after that, I was able to trust the other teammates that I could feel their presence and receive this information. But it's Do you a feel- teamwork. It is not a manipulation or a direction, one more than the other. So each individual on Earth has a t- has a team behind them. Um, is and there overlapping overlapping of the teams? Do you suppose? In other words, would Absolutely. my sister and I have uh, the same team members or um, uh, shared team members? Yes, teams definitely overlap. In fact, it's, it's described in the books as they overlap, forming larger leagues. And leagues over, I mean, the, the, the true essence of all of it, when you get down to it, is that we're all really one. And this concept of working in groups or teams is a beautiful one, but even so, it's still limiting. It, it, it's a limiting one. But we aren't, we aren't, while we're in the physical body, uh, quite ready to completely, uh, experience this concept of being all one. What is more useful for us is that we're working, and it is true, that is we're working in groups, and all our our spiritual progress or evolution is collective. We think of ourselves as so individual, but it's so collective. You know, what I learned today from you is is relayed to my team through vibration, through thought, and they grow from it. So, um, if, if we could, we would we would simply be uh, in cosmic consciousness and, and know that we're all one. But since we're in the body, it is very helpful and useful to us to understand that we're working in teams, and that it's a very brief period of time, and that when we leave this body, many many of our teams will come in and pick up where we left off. <laughs> 
And that is why it's so important to every day, in the smallest of ways, we think we have to do huge things, but we can do very small things to simply try to leave things better than we found them. If it's nothing more than picking up a piece of trash off the ground, whatever the choice of the moment presents itself, leave things slightly better than how you found them because we are paving the way for the next team member to come in and pick up where we left off. Well, very good. Francis, I'm afraid we have to end with that, but uh, before uh, before you go, tell the audience how they can uh, find your books and, and perhaps find out more about um, what you've been talking about on the show. The website is theteambooks.com, theteambooks with an S. Dot com. Okay, and, and I understand you're off to Australia to uh, to give some talks about the subject? Yes, I'm really uh, off to Australia for a, a lengthy visit, and I'm going through a number of cities, and uh, I will be speaking at uh, the Theosophical Society in, in Sydney and the Theosophical Bookstore in Melbourne and a uh, spiritualist church uh as well, and a couple of other places, hopefully, along the way. I'm a dual citizen of Australia and, and America, and I was told from the start that these books are to be shared um, in Australia. So I'm ready to fulfill that part of the agreement. Excellent. Well, you have a wonderful trip. Uh, and thank, thank you. you so much for uh, being our guest today uh, on NDE Radio. For our listeners, if you would like to listen to this show again or any other of our programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANDS, please check that website at iands.org. Don't forget, there will be information on that site about our upcoming Labor Day weekend conference on NDE's Health and Healing in Newport Beach, California. And that's August 28th through the 31st. That's Labor Day weekend. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening.